Joshua here this morning. Some things you may not know about Joshua. I met him in Philadelphia, where I said he was a, a pastor at a church that I was a part of. He is now obviously doing mural art, which is beautiful. But he's also from Buffalo, just like I'm from Buffalo. He has Polish roots, just like I do. My mother's maiden name is Pauliki, if you hadn't. That is a Polish name. Joshua's name would be Szeszniak, where the Polish comes in. I don't know if you can hear it in there. He's also, uh, he's also a Bills fan. And I don't know if, right, I don't know if he's mourning. I don't know if that awe was just for in general or because... <laughs> which is also appropriate or because of last Sunday. And he may be mourning, so be careful and mindful of that when you talk with him this morning. And your prayers have been appreciated for me as well this week. But Joshua is going to come and talk about this wonderful work of art that we have here. And I'd love it if we could all just greet him because we don't normally clap, but let's clap. That's a good idea. Thank you, Tim and Mary Ann. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to be here with you. Um, these friends of mine have offered hospitality to me many times over the years as I've had the privilege to visit the West Coast. And um, a lot of those times, Tim, we always say, like, you could get here on a Sunday because we got to do our thing together again, you know? Get our singing again, get our listening to God together in because beautiful things happen. That wasn't, those were his, those were my words, not his, but uh, it's so cool that we're finally here. And gratitude to all of you, too, for coming out together to be part of this this body that we're formed just by being in proximity to one another shout out to the people on the internet who are trying to navigate this really really difficult time in society where we're looking for connection even more intensely and we're looking to be together so we're we're figuring that out and i just appreciate your mary and some your creativity Another real quick shout out, they've already been mentioned, but Dimitri and Rufo are two close friends of mine, artistic collaborators, theologians. I don't want to go too much into their whole bios and stuff, but they are both very fascinating people. So if you're, please introduce yourself to them and I'll share a little bit more about them as we go here. There's sort of two side-by-side -side projects that I want to bring up kind of quickly, reflect a little bit on that Job scripture. And I think it's gonna all happen really fast. So just so you know, this is a bit of, I'm not gonna talk here for very long at all, but we'll make space and, and Tim will facilitate some talkbacks and community discourse as we're, we're processing, as we're metabolizing, not just what words we've said or what words we've read, but what God is saying to us, what the spirit of God is saying through all of us. And when we're, we have a very special vantage point to, to be able to see God moving when we're together in ways like this. So um, to talk about the, the parallel projects, and I should also just say too, if you get antsy or, or bored or something like that when I'm talking, just see if you can um, dial in on maybe the scallops on the top of this wave. Might be something to draw your eye to and just let you like lose, go ahead and lose focus for a minute and just be in the water and then come back when you're ready. But the so the two parallel projects that are related that I wanted to bring up. One of them, I'll, I'll speak more. Actually, I'll just talk about the mural now. So this is a. He's describing the painting, saying that it's different flora, fauna, the Pacific. It centers us. 
art that reflects even the natural world where we live centers us. In our minds, especially when we have access to the internet or to, to high-end travel, such as flights, the world ends up becoming a very big place in terms of like what's possible. I mean, you say that the world gets smaller because you can navigate it, but really you start to really uh, dial into the vastness of the world. I flew, you know, a five-hour direct flight from Philly the other day. I got a broad sense of what this landscape looks like. But it's actually, I think, more clearly revealed God's breath and God's spirit, not in the large things all the time, but in the very particular things, the very small things that are very local to this place, including the people of this place, who Tim so aptly pointed out, have been given this role as, as caretakers of this land, the original people of the place having this special relationship towards the health of that land. And that spiritual work to continue leading into that process, but the very small, the very particular elements of this area, not just what makes this bioregion so special, but what helps us to understand our place in it, helps us understand ourselves in relationship to those other good things. The, uh, this, the secondary sort of project that I've been working on lately is a, one, uh, it's a daily reader that is scheduled for Lent. So it'll be released in, a, in just a few weeks here. And um, I was brought in to do that work with Randy Woodley, who is a Katua Cherokee theologian, teacher, activist, farmer up in Oregon now with he and his wife, Edith. And um, I'm on the, the board of directors for Elohe, E-L-O-H-E-H, if you want to check out more of their work. But Randy is a prolific writer and recently released a book that is called Becoming Rooted. It's a hundred day journey of reconnecting with sacred earth. I, I love daily readers. The little, like, give me a little quote by somebody, four paragraphs and a suggestion for action. And I'm like on my way, right? But, you know, I've been socialized by, you know, daily readers for a long time, especially for that. But the, Randy wrote one recently that just came out and it's, I find it to be so profound, so well, so briefly articulated. And in um, this parallel project, honestly, is a little bit of a training wheels, in my opinion, for Christians who want to begin the, getting into some decolonization discourses. There's a lot of, for settler Christians, for folks who are not from this land, as we are, if we are trying to be called into the decolonization conversations and, and um, they're tied into environmental stuff, political stuff, relationships with groups and people, as we're being called into that, this could be a really good tool, but settler Christians have a disadvantage because settler Christians are coming into that discourse with 500 years of unbelievable horror as the legacy that we inherited. Now, for those of us who stand on the side of like our lives benefit from the, the Christian mission and in these lands, we could say, well, it's, you know, here we sit now though, and we can be grateful. And that is a challenge to us to realize that the very particular people who have been given authority 
have been given priority in how the health of this bioregion works have been systemically marginalized, mutilated, murdered. And, you know, I don't need to go into the California history because I'm sure a lot of you um, know that stuff way better than I do of the different periods. So we are at a disadvantage. Our humility, our call to humility is exponentially emphasized. Get into the work. So Randy's book, for a lot of people, though, because the daily quotes are nearly 100 different indigenous authors, for a lot of people, it's, it's, if they're not used to knowing who these people are or you're not used to reading a lot of indigenous voices, it can be a lot. So even this 40-day reader is meant to say, here's some Randy stuff with uh, some Christians who are processing these difficult conversations and pointing back to say, when, when you're ready, please go read Randy's stuff too. But, um, but that's coming out too. And, um, and I think some folks here have been involved in becoming rooted, get, getting going. But please check out that book and the, this Lent reader that's coming up. But it gets to the same, here's these things go to the same place. Even thinking about how the, the Hahamunga folks are such a particular part of that, that larger Tongva association, the connection and its specificity is where I really want to emphasize as a beautiful place that we can see God moving in very sensible ways moving from rather than trying to just have a big idea or God concept and then make our life sort of make sense according to that all the time, which is okay. Sometimes I'm suggesting that we start with the small things, start with the good that God has put in your own heart, your own inspiration, your own conviction, your own inner health convictions to start there, to start with the earth that you walk on, the earth that you relate to every day, the plants that if we're quiet right now, that we could hear moving the animals that we could hear chirping, begin small and allow God's spirit to be revealed. And as the, the, some of the discourses that hopefully this peace inspires and that the new book inspires are reminding us too of the struggle that our indigenous peoples are still going through. The Lenny Lenape people, who are the indigenous people of Philadelphia, from basically New York down to the Jersey Shore through the Delaware River watershed, still don't also don't have federal recognition like the Tonga people here. The various ways of trying to disintegrate community, make it more difficult as time goes on for people to have that kind of recognition, to have a right relationship with this land and these lands here. We're in the same, a very parallel but very similar struggle back east and everywhere in between are varying degrees of that struggle. Finally, back to Job. Can God really be revealed through such things as what animals say to us, what plants say to us? Some of us, when we read that, we're waiting for the dog to speak English to us or, or speak Spanish, if that would work too. But the, instead, I think the power that we were given is an intuition to be able to look for connection, intuition for connection, and plants and animals are resources that creators put in our path to help cultivate this goodness that's within us, that's been given to us by God, and teach us how to live well together. It's a, it's a beautiful opportunity to get into the more indigenous folks I get to learn or organizations, or I went to a seminary that, that was... Um, predominantly indigenous peoples. 
And um, it can be a very difficult journey because of all the, the, the pain and the, the guilt and the shame and the, the feeling of helplessness when you look back at economic, military, government apparatus that continues to force us to have uh, strained relations. But back to the small, the people that I keep meeting, the hospitality, the welcome, the love, it's a, it's a very inclusive welcome to say, come in, God's doing this beautiful thing it's apparent. All you have to do is look out. Well, I'm looking out this window, and God's beautiful thing is apparent to me. And these tans, and these greens, and these blues, and um, to get in touch with the small things of what God's doing within us, and even plants and animals can be really useful in this. Gives us uh, a lot of insight on how to play well with others, how biodiversity works, and um, how to be called into our fullest selves as community, as part of God's beautiful community of creation. So let's, let's pause for a moment. I'll lead us in a short prayer, and then Tim, you're ready to uh, lead us in some discussion if, there, if anybody wants to say anything. So first, just a, a pause and a deep breath if you want. Holy One, we turn ourselves to you in gratitude for life, in gratitude for this opportunity to be together. Continue to to shape us in ways that heal us, bring us back into balance, bring us back into harmony, and thank you that we can be part of such a, an international movement of you uh, knitting all of creation back together. In Jesus' name, amen.